November 20, 2020. It's a lot for Pedro Show. Thank you. 
Lot for Pedro Show. Happy Friday. Uh, Brother Matt at the Love Grotto down at the Pleasure Point a couple miles away because we're still quit in quarantino mode. But I am not totally man alone, people. Because the wonders of those Estonian software engineers with their righteous Skype invention. I got all three members in three different states. Or from. Members of EO with me. Welcome Matt. Welcome Brad. Welcome man. That means you're a talk guy. <laughs> it's actually uh, pronounced I-O, Mike. Oh, yeah? Go go to Greece and see how far that fucking right. gets you, okay? <laughs> you know the way we say Zeus? Actually, it's Zeus, right? Because the drummer man is in El Sonio de Main Islands. Uh, tomato, tomato. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but, you know... It might be a Greek word. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think it is. It's it's yeah, I think it's one. It of don't the- matter. You've appropriated it, you made it your own, and that goes for the fucking pronounce. Okay. Io. Io. And it's one of the moons of Jupiter, maybe? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Now when I was a boy I had a telescope and one of those four moons you could see. Now we found out it's got like oh. over thirty or something, right? 
I thought it was Mars. Am I crazy? No, that's no, it's Jupiter. Phobos. Jupiter? Oh, yeah, I'm crazy. Look, I'm born in 50. No, you're just ignorant. I was born in 57. <laughs> Sputnik. So I'm a child of the space race. So they had this uh, in the schools. In, I don't want to say indoctrinated. That sounds strong, right? Because in a way, it was kind of a good thing. But the space race was on. So they educated us all in the shit. So Phobos and Deimos, I think, are the moons of Mars. And they're two little rocks. They're tiny. Those moons around Jupiter, they're huge. I think Io has volcanoes and shit, right? That's right, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, okay but enough about me. Well, I should tell the people we start, uh, what they heard. Uh, John Coltrane with Consequences. Remember that, guys? Beautiful song. And then Io from their, uh, I guess it's a debut, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what I did was I played part A of side one because I chopped it up uh, so we'd spread okay. it through the show. Is that okay? Yeah. It's yeah. no. Yeah. I didn't want fucking Reader Digest version. They should get the fucking whole enchilada, yeah, right? yeah. the full money. Okay, so I, I split it up between all the parts of the of musics and stuff. It, it is beautiful. I love it. I listened to it a few times already. And Thanks, I, man. I really oh, want to congratu Thanks. congratulate you guys on it. But I, what I'd like to do before I get into the I.O. history, I'd like to get into your music journeys. Now, Matt, you've already been on the show. You already did it, and yeah. it, it was great, great. And we got to thank Mike Baguetta for making the connect, right? Absolutely. Out, yeah. out of Knoxville there. Oh, and we should tell the people the three different places. It's it's uh, Ashland, right? That's where you are, Ben? No, uh, no I'm in Ben's New York. In, he's supposed to be in Brooklyn, but you're on the road, right? Yeah, exactly. So you, where on the road? Uh, right now I'm in Jersey. We haven't made it very far yet. Yeah, well, we got to cross the Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're probably in one of those fucking not uh, because uh, those turnpikes got their own little private things right service centers or whatever the walt whitman whatever they're named after different people and stuff and then uh adam you're in i'm in asheville, asheville you're in asheville. asheville and then matt is, is is calling from knoxville right yeah that's right okay okay so who wants to go first ben or adam i'll go go for it look your mother gave you a name why don't you fucking use it <laughs> <laughs> this eye shit we can't even see you come on Adam please your earliest music recollection my earliest music recollection um well I think some of my earliest memories are probably in the concert band in middle school that is where I really began to learn my instruments and explore explore the sounds I like but I think one of the most pivotal music memories for me uh was I went on a road. I grew up in Oregon, and I uh, was invited by these older kids from my town uh, to go see this like black metal show in Portland. And it was like the coolest shit at the time for me. It was uh, ISIS, uh, which don't exist anymore. But I, I went on this road trip up to Portland, Oregon, it was about four hours away, and we saw ISIS play live. And it, I was like 14 or 13, and it like blew my mind. So I, I think that was like a live music experience that happened when I was really young that had a big just impact on me. Well, you know, there was an ISIS way before them. It was all women. Oh, I, I know about Yeah, well, that's why you're on the fucking show, so you can get enlightened. But don't, don't you have any music recollections like before school, like at home? Well, let's talk about your home. You're in Oregon, right? Who is, who's well, from... On the show from Oregon. Oh, Paige Hamilton, the helmet guy. He oh, grew up yeah. there. But but was there any musical instruments in the pad where you grew up there, Adam? Yeah. My mom my mom played piano and she would she would play uh Rhapsody in Blue all the time. Well what uh, about you? Did you ever jump on it? 
Yeah, I mess around on the piano. I actually think I had like piano lessons really, really young. How was that uh, experience? But, How was that? Because I've had lots of guests. A lot of people almost quit music because of that experience. Um, I don't know. I mean, I never, I never really, my mom never really took it super seriously, I think, when I was taking piano lessons. It was just like for fun. And we had people come over and it wasn't super serious. And there wasn't a lot of pressure. So I don't know. I mean, it, it wasn't uh, like super bad for me at all, you know, and I think just like growing up with the upright piano in the house was like so much fun and, and you could just go and as like a little kid and go mess around with the keys and I remember like smashing all the keys at once and loving it. My mom scalding me for it because apparently it's bad for the piano, but I think, yeah, in the house we had that, we had that piano. My mom played it all the time. She was a classically trained pianist. Yeah, but we're, you're, we're talking about you. So I think part of the problem with the bad experiences is the teachers, it seems. If it was a good teacher, it wasn't such a bad experience. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what was the first record you bought for yourself with your own money? Uh, it must have been a Herbie Hancock record. Uh, um, I remember, I don't remember which one, but I, I had some money on me and I just walked to the record store as like a teenager and I browsed and I kind of picked something randomly that I liked. And I, I believe it was like a Herbie Hancock record, I think. Yeah. It's a Watt from Pedro show. There's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. Remember, remember Monty Python when was a Holy Grail where the guy got across the canyon, the guy's got to tell him his favorite color and he fucking gets it wrong. <laughs> Wait, red. No, blue. Blue, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I I got a hint that you had music in school. So uh, the marching band or the choir or the jazz band or something like that. Uh, I I grew up in this really small town, Ashland, Oregon, in Southern Oregon. I drive uh, through it every fucking I five tour. Oh yeah, great town. Yeah, I lived there for a long, long time, and I I went to this high school that had a band program that was really small but it didn't really have much of a marching band thing so i was playing a lot of like concert wind ensemble music and then eventually what really got me excited and really like got me going with music was percussion ensemble music there's a great percussion department at the college in that town southern oregon university and i studied percussion with this guy named terry longshore who just opened my world up to contemporary percussion and composed percussion ensemble music well, you know, there's a Shakespeare festival there. I mean, it's not, we're not talking the boonies. No, yeah, yeah no, there's man. a lot going on in Ashland that's for a right, small that's town. Right, that's of, right, that's right. A lot of music. And uh, yeah, a lot of curvy road. You got to be careful. D depends on the time of year. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, 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 but it's very beautiful. And, and that's bitching that you got, I want to thank that professor for inspiring you music-wise. What was uh, the first yeah. gig you went and saw? The first gig I went and saw? There's an echo in here. Yeah. Sorry, what's up? Oh, sorry. I thought y'all you were still talking to Adam. I am. Oh, yeah. oh okay. I thought first he was going first with his journey through music. Okay. Well, I talked a little bit about the road trip I went to go see that metal band when I was really young. That was really influential. That was your that was your first gig. The first one I saw, I think so. Yeah, I, I wasn't mean, there. You have to let me know. You can lie or whatever. No, I went. I went. I went on this road trip to see this metal band in Portland, and that had a big influence on me. In Ashland, there's like, uh, it's really like good like jazz kind of gigging scene around town. That when I was younger, I didn't really follow. There was there's a lot of like bar music that. that that would be happening around town. You know, you brought up OSF, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, and that was probably like, and also like a really early exposure to like professional music and like pits. 
like orchestra pits for musicals and stuff. And they have yeah, this great. But I didn't ask that. I just asked for the first gig. Because, yeah, because you can only have the first gig one time, so I'm kind of interested in that. Yeah, it can be amateur, it can be a kegger, it can be, you know, Bruce Springsteen, whatever. You know, it is what it is, right? It's it's an experience. What I find interesting and why I ask people these kind of questions, because 19 years and eight months of doing the show, nobody has the same journey. That's why. And I think if other people hear this, they won't think that they're doing something the wrong way. That's what are I want. Not, That's the are you debt. asking the first gig I played in, Matt? No, I said the first gig you went to. I'll tell you the first gig I went to was T-Rex with D. Boone, 14 years Uh-oh. old. The Long Man. Beach Auditorium. Okay, I want to play here uh, IO, side one, part B.
than I take, forgive more than I hate, destroy more than create. All in the most I name and nerd if I don't vibrate. Make some shit like the dice game. Shoot and five hundred like Will Chang. Pull up, make a shit like CD Baby. Hunger make it fly, messy desperation. Or inspiration, peace and KO burn holes where I still froze the path before me unknown the most. Flame for 
Dulcinea Beside him so to stand A man can do quite anything Outfly the bird upon the wing Hold moonlight in his hand Yet if you build your life on dreams It's prudent to recall A man with moonlight in his hand Has nothing there at all There is no Dulcinea She's made of flame and air And yet how lovely life would seem If every man would weave a dream To keep him from despair To each is Dulcinea Though she's only flame and For Pedro Show, Io Side One Part B from their debut. Uh, great, great, great record. I love it. And then we had a, a solo demo from the Hellbeans in Brighton with Stones and Drones. Obama's Prendon. Did I say it right? Bomas Prendon. Yeah, I'm, I finally said it right. I think. Put me down and spin me around. I mean, these cats. Thousands of songs they've recorded in 40 years. Only five or six gigs. I love them. 38 Angry Tigers, this has got one of the members, in fact, the namesake, his side proj, off-ramp carp, giveth and taketh at what cost, brand new from uh, the model home uh, singer, man, rapper, Nappy Nappa, and then Secret Society from model home, they're DC, but Pat, he's originally Buffalo, and he used to blow uh, sax, free. Dosa, to each is Dulcinea from uh, Man of La Mancha, right? Me and Kay covering that. Kill Rockstar's going to re- uh, put out Ustamento Trace and uh, Vinyl. And then Pineapple Express, brand new from Senora Al in South London. Oh, my God. So, uh, I guess, whose turn now? Well, we've done Al. We've done Matt. I guess it's Ben, right? 
Sounds good. Ben, your earliest musical uh, recollection, please. Uh, some of it kind of overlaps with uh, what Adam was saying. We also had a piano in the house. Um, my dad is a really good um, folk guitarist and singer, so there was always kind of music playing or being played in my house. Um, and yeah, I started on piano pretty early. Definitely a lot of just music in the home, you know. Did you have the p a piano teacher lesson thing? I did, yeah. You know, my, my parents didn't... Um, didn't push it super hard in a way that I think would have ended up with some of the scarring that you were sort of referring to. <laughs> well, th this is the guess. I wish I would have had some, so I would have a nightmare story, but I, I don't have it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I got told, I you want to know yeah, a shaming, a scarring story. I tried clarinet in the seventh grade, and after 10 weeks, the teacher, Mr. Luna, Mr. Watt, you know, you try hard, but... Why don't you do yourself a favor and me a favor and us? He looked at the class. Us a favor. Yeah. Do the world a favor. So I never did music again until except with D. Boone. Thanks. So okay. So go, go on. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of it. From there, you know, it it went to. Um, middle school picking up the saxophone uh, in middle school band and then. I ask about mm -hmm. the school stuff because a lot of schools cut their music and arts programs. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm from a like pretty podunk rural town in southern Tennessee, and uh, there wasn't much going on other than you know marching band in the fall and concert band in the spring. So I did those. Were things. you near Swanee? Um, Define near. I was about an hour, hour and a half away. Because I played University of South. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, it's a beautiful The campus. next day, I took a tour of the Lynchburg, uh, uh, Jack Daniel. Yeah. Yep. Right, right. Moore oh, County. Oh, it's, it's dry, by the way. So. <laughs> yeah, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> they give you yeah, lemonade. They give you lemonade at the end of the tour. <laughs> yeah. They show you this giant ass safe. They said, this killed Mr. Jack Daniels. Like, what, it fall on him? He kicked it and broke his toe, and it ended up being gangrene and shit. Anyway, <laughs> don't want to get off the subject. Uh, and I forgot to ask you, too, Ben, uh, the the thing about after school, you know, the bedroom band, the, the basement band, the garage band. Mm -hmm. Did you guys do that shit? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I didn't really join any, like, like, like rock bands or anything like that in high school. But I was definitely playing jazz. By the time I got to high school and actually kind of started taking things a little bit more seriously, um, I was starting to get involved in like the closest university, had a, had a big band that I was playing in. And my brother's also a musician. I was playing a lot with him and his friends. They're old. They were older. So it was kind of a way for me to get outside of the stunted uh, environment that I was mostly surrounded around. Ben, were you in any, any like, you know, garage bands? You mean Adam? Adam, I'm sorry. Shit, sorry. Yeah, Adam? yeah. I Let's... played in a lot of basement bands, like you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Just, just fucking around with my friends. I'd bring my drum set over, play. You know, my friend had a furnished basement. We'd rehearse there. That was nice. And then I, I remember I joined this, uh, it's this Killers cover band, The Killers, and we had the cheesiest name ever. We called ourselves We Dancer after that single they had. Um, Killers. And, uh, you mean we, you, you uh, were we like a, you were in a tribute band? Yeah, for the Killers when I was uh, in high school. But but not for making money, just because you liked them. 
No, yeah, we got together because we liked them, and then we went into the high school talent show and we won it. Okay, uh, because you know the tribute band thing. Like my friends in Italy, like uh, I got a musician friend in Rome. He says that's the only way to make a living is being a fucking tribute band. Yeah, I believe it. I, I believe it's it. a nightmare, right? That shit's all around. I mean, I see that all around. When I lived in Knoxville, there's all kinds of tribute bands coming through town. It's crazy, and they'll make thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, you know, there's a Pink Floyd one that the Pink Floyd people actually license their music to. I think they're Australian guys. And they put on the whole fucking thing, and they give them a piece of the tour. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Ain't that a trip? Wow. But, I mean, when you're a kid and you're learning music, anything goes, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why not? You know. But I'm I'm really because this was a problem with the '70s. No, uh, people we knew, no one wrote their own music. But it seems nowadays a lot of people, even right off the bat, they start writing material. Yeah, I, I mean, really I like that. I really like that. I didn't start writing music, or I didn't start to make my own material until after I had finished my graduate degree, and mainly because I met Matt, who who with this amazing improviser and you know i so i I admire that too writing music right off the bat that's awesome yeah because you got to have a culture for it right if you don't know you don't know yeah exactly right we're at the end of the first hour uh 20th of november 2020 hold uh special guest io hold tight for hour two november 2020 it's the second hour of the waffle pedro
song goes out to all you rock and rollers. Mr. Reyes. Mitch Webb and all the guys in the swindles, our buddies. And rock and roll, Cindy. And all you folks. It's called Can't Stop, Gotta Rock. Sound of a running machine. 
Okay, Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Io, side one, part C. Io, the band. Then uh, out on Highway US 30, Sam Bennett, he's originally from uh, Birmingham, but he's been in Tokyo 25 years. Deep in the Woods 66 is Tommy O'Sullivan out of Dublin, Ireland. Beware nuclear war. <laughs> yeah, okay. And they can't <laughs> stop. Got a rock from Los Number Three Diners. This, uh, well, no, it's two ends. So dinners, Number Three Dinners. Ah, oh, yeah, it's probably a, an item on the menu. There's Jeff Smith and his Sostex uh, label out of uh, San Antonio. Great cat, and uh, a lot of good music he helps puts out. Put out. Uh, now we can get to the story of how Io got together. And Matt was you. You were the instigator, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, Blake, break uh, it, please. Yeah, so um, so Ben and Adam and I have all played together for many years, but never as a trio. Adam and I uh, made a record together and then uh, did a lot of um, touring for a couple years together and played a lot in Knoxville, too, because until recently, Adam was living in Knoxville here. And then... Uh, Ben and I as well, Ben and I did, we've done one tour together just as a duo and made a record at the end of that duo, at the, at the end of that tour, excuse me. Um, so it's kind of always been my dream, like, you know, these are two of my favorite people to play music with. It's been kind of my dream to make it into a trio. And, um, you know, uh, the idea was I got a gig at uh, the Big Ears Festival in uh, Knoxville, which was supposed to be this last March. But that got canceled because of the pandemic and all that stuff. Postponed. <laughs> Postponed. Postponed. Ex- yeah, excuse And me. actually, Postponed. there was a virtual kind of version because Mike Baguetta had me and Hodge on board for MSSV. That's right. And I loved I loved that uh, that piece you all did. That was that Well, was the wonderful. cat who runs the thing, which also does, he does Bonnaroo, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think right. he's yeah. good people, man. I mean, I think he loves music. Oh, yeah, he does. And it sounds like he's a closet weirdhead. That's why, you know, Big Ears and all that shit's been been happening and, and been becoming what it as, you know, as popular as it is. So know? he really loves that shit. What, yeah. you're, what you're telling me uh, as far as the I.O. history, uh-huh. you played with Ben, you played with Adam. Did Adam and Ben ever play together without you? Uh, maybe we jammed or something, but or, but if it, yeah, maybe you all admit, but yeah, we never really formally got together and played a gig or anything like no, that. No, no, no. I'm asking, did Adam and Ben play together before you made this three-way? No, no we, we met through Matt, yeah. Okay, so Matt, Matt, yeah, he's the... <laughs> you know Lucky Pierre? You ever hear that term? No, I don't think so. It's Northwest. It's a socket man in a three-way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Use your imagination, yeah. right? <laughs> I didn't invent it. Come on. I'm just here to share. So tell me about the first, what was it, a prac, a jam? I mean, like, where did you get the name, Matt? Well, I got the name. I was uh, last year sometime. I I don't know what all, uh, where, how much did you hear of what I just said? What I heard, what I asked you was, what was the first time you all three played together like like where did you get the name io uh-huh yeah well we got the name io because uh, about a year ago i was 
uh, listening to all these uh, recordings that like the NASA probes were taken of of um, all the planets and all the moons around the planets and everything like these, you know, not recordings you'd be able to hear with with the, you know, naked human ear, but like these, you know, like uh, radio waves that are coming from this electro electromagnetic phenomena that's happening on these on these, uh, you know, uh, planets and moons and all that. And when I was listening through a bunch of them, I, I came upon the one of Io, the moon around Jupiter, and something about it just, like, really uh, piqued my interest because, in a way, uh, it was, like, kind of exactly the, the way I wanted my music to sound. And the more I thought about it, like, I wanted to turn it into a project in some form or fashion, and I knew that Ben and Adam were really the perfect people and probably the only people that could help me kind of realize that kind of idea in a, in a musical format. So, um, and, I've always, and I've been trying to find an excuse to get all three of us together for a, a long time anyway. So when that idea kind of came in my head, it all just clicked in my head. And, okay, that needs to be the name of the band, not just the concept for it, too, you know. Okay, and... and the first time you came together, what was it? Was it a gig? Was it just a prac, a jam session? We we the first time we came together, we recorded the record. Uh, oh, the record is from this. Okay. Yeah, didn't, that's the first we, time. Jam, didn't we? Didn't we play a? Yeah, we played a very brief session when you two were on tour, and you came up and played uh, Spectrum. We, we we played for a couple of minutes before that. Game. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I was trying to remember earlier. Yeah, we did jam before that. That's right. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I think the, the concept, the concept for the album and shit, like the yeah, I think the the initial time was was the recording, you know, at least. Yeah, but, totally. Yeah, and we've all been aware of of our approach and the way each of us sound individually, you know. So when it did come together, it just fit like a glove, you know. Okay, I want to play the second side, part eight. Thank you. 
hanging out on a street corner Just trying to make the scene Oh, that girl got such a far way look in her eyes What is she running from? She's just hanging around and then uh, Someday she'll die with that far way look in her eyes And I saw that girl a little while later With a heavy metal band shooting a rock video Wrestling alligators in the streets She was there in her wedding gown Putting out cigarettes with her bare feet Oh, that girl got such a far away look in her eyes What is she running from? She's just hanging around in her Someday she'll die with that far-away look in her She's just hanging around and then someday she'll die with that far away look in her eyes. And I saw that girl a little while later with them there fellas in the back of a pickup truck, a bottle of wine in her hand. Uh, they'll just pass around until she's all used up and then they'll throw her away. Uh, oh, that girl got such a far away look in her eye. What is she running from? She's just hanging around and then uh, someday she'll die with that far away look in her eye. And I went down to Country Hick Barbecue for some of that white barbecue sauce. She was there hanging around the payphone room and let no one use it. Said uh, she was waiting for a call. Oh, that girl got such a far away look in her eye. What is she running from? She's just hanging around and uh, someday she'll die with that uh, far away look in her eye.
show a dream of rescue to die alone. Pedro Show, we heard Io Side 2 Part A from Io, the debut. 
And uh, besides one little thing ahead of time, people, this is their first, uh, I guess, when you, what do you call it when you come together? Uh, commiserate. Matt, it was you talking about you th- you thinking it was a good fit. Yeah, and uh, the, I got uh, I can relate to you about those noises from space because I got a project. Now these aren't moons, but they're they're from. You're right. The the stuff out in space generates sounds, and we can pick it up with the radio telescopes and stuff. And there's a project uh-huh. I'm doing with the drummer man named Matt and a guitar guy named Alex, and it's I think part of the broadcast is is this name like from the date when they first heard it or something but this idea of of sounds from space that's that's mm-hmm. kind of a parallel to what you're on how did you make the record like where was it recorded um there's this guy in knoxville his name's mike ponder um and he's just got like a studio set up in his basement i've made a few uh records there with him just a just a chill dude and loves to make records and does it for cheap and loves like any kind of experimental music you know people trying to do new fresh shit so sure um, it was kind of a perfect fit for us um um so yeah here here in knoxville just down the street from my house and i'm curious uh the sitch were were y'all in one room yeah we were yeah we were all just like you know two or three feet feet apart you know so yeah a lot of of, uh back when you were allowed to do that yeah right (laughs) a lot of eye contact though uh, I mean, I'm bad about that. I usually close my eyes and put my head down. Um, but, uh, you know, we could, I could, you know, you could feel everybody's sound pretty good for sure. Well, cause and, I've been uh, in situations where like, you're like fucking, yeah, quitting quarantine or you're, you're down the hallway and another, the only way you're connected is through headphones. Right. I don't like that, especially with this kind of improvised music. Yeah, there's there's no way to make music like this work when you're in different rooms, I feel like. It's yeah, so yeah. hard. Yeah, it really is. E- even like simple rock music, it's tough that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? It's like, ugh, I hate it. So this guy, Mike, he had it set up. So, and, and now how'd you, you know, the sound is really good. It's really organic. So I'm wondering... Uh, like a band with your uh, like a bleed through and stuff there there was a little bit right yeah definitely but everybody yeah, totally. still got their good sound yeah I think the I think bleed is, is good in this situation like, yeah absolutely you know. absolutely and, and I, I think it helps that we're just all playing at a pretty similar volume um, it's it's relatively quiet music and it's all pretty close to mic'd uh, so even though there's bleeding stuff, it's not like I'm ever playing, you know, even 50% capacity of like how loud I can get. And I think that's mostly true for everybody. So it makes it pretty easy to like be able to get those quiet, close sounds and kind of have them all be in the same space. Right, right. And for the bass, Matt, uh, did you use a piezo and a microphone? Yeah, I did. I actually, uh, I have a pickup on my bass, but I didn't use it for this recording. It was just a microphone. Just a microphone. Um, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, I, I noticed Arco. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that on there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do, do you have like a little slang? I, well, I used to have one of those, but uh, it started kind of muting, uh, like it took away from the resonance of my instrument a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. So I ended up getting that off of there. And... 
And I there's the tail piece where I would attach that sling, like yeah. the quiver or whatever it's called. Sure. Um, like there are parts of that that sound really good when you put the bow to it, and I couldn't do that when I had that on there. So no, no, I, I, I haven't used that in a long time. Yeah, but it was kind of a stupid question. But what about this one, German or French? Uh, I switched to German about two years ago. Um, I did French for a long time. I did French in college. Um, but the German bow is uh, way more about uh, gravity, which is much easier on my body and feels more expressive to me. Like when I was playing French, I'd be, you know, coming over the top and trying to press down and get the big sound out of it. Right. When I'm using the German and it's underhanded, yeah. it's like the gravity does half the work for me. So yeah. I've switched that and I'm not going back from that. Okay. Yeah. We're getting a little nerdy here, listeners, about stand-up <laughs> bass, but I'm just curious. Th th thanks, man. We're at the second yeah. hour, November 20, 2020, Dishwap Show. Special guest, Io. Hold tight for hour three. November 20, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
There was an old man of the east who gave all his children a feast, but they all ate so much and their conduct was such that it killed that old man of the east.
Thank mm-hmm. you.
Off for Pedro for show. We start off the third hour with IO side two part B from IO, the debut record. Wasted space after that light of sound. Grand Designs versus Cops, part two, music with my insane friend. I mean, if you call your band that, you don't have to worry about that genre shit, huh? Uh, Gaffa with George and Tracy. Uh, people, when we're talking German and French, it's the way you're holding the bow to work a, a stand-up bass. One is like with the, like your uh, top of your hand facing the people. One is like the under kind of thing. And I guess, yeah, somehow it got nationalistic. But <laughs> and it's, and it's <laughs> nomenclature. Anyway, I, I'm curious about what goes, what went into the thing as far as preparation. Did you guys discuss stuff before you went into Mike's studio there in Knoxville? Did you did you like map out a plan, or did you just let the freak flag fly? It was pretty free. I mean, I think we all had a pretty good understanding of how each other sound, and we all know each other pretty well. And I think we all went in with the same kind of understanding of what we were expecting. And from that forward, it was it felt pretty free to me. What do you think, guys? Yeah, I think I think the extent of the conversation was like we're going to do the thing we do, right? <laughs> no, but that's a good point. That's a good point. The idea of a conversation, because mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, like, kind of the process. Like, does one dude start to jam off? You know, uh, you guys said you had eye contact, although Matt don't like to make eye contact, but Georgie was <laughs> like that too. But you know, how how does the because you can tell there's there's a there's a uh, a flow a natural rhythm where the thing you know goes into a valley and then starts climbing a hill right and so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm wondering I'm interested in the communication you three yeah I mean I think that generally I don't remember there being much eye contact at all and in fact when I'm improvising this kind of music I don't make much eye contact because I think the communication is within the sound itself and we're kind of working with the sounds and reacting and the communication is the sounds we are making a hundred percent. And so I think that's how I think about it sort of is we're communicating with this improvisational language we're developing and we're reacting and interpreting and working with the sounds we're creating together. And that, that is the main method of communication, I think. Totally. And to, to expand on that just a little, I feel like there's a palpable sense of tension in a room like that. And I think that, you know, the uh, the way in which those peaks and valleys kind of happen organically is just by learning to sense that tension in the room and kind of feed off it in one direction or the other. Yeah, well, that's what makes me curious. Reaction, right? But to reaction, that means somebody had to go first. So how... How's that kind of decided? With a leap of faith, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a great like, like maybe maybe I start like I play the first sound and maybe I had an idea of what that sound might be, but I don't really know what's gonna come afterwards. So I think if I like I know if I make a gesture, I can trust them to work with me to make that the most musical gesture that I can. If that yeah, either either by building on it, you know, like a yes and, or by some. Is it, okay, okay, so yeah. What about the the, the quality 
of the restraint. Is that important? I, I say this because Nils Klein is a friend of mine. He's big on improvisation. He told me listening is really important. Is <laughs> that funny? Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, this for me, this kind of music is all about listening. Uh, I mean, that that for me, this is like the central focus of this kind of music for me is just listening to who I'm playing with. And um, I mean, I guess it's really like intuitive for me when I think about making this kind of music. Like, I, I start making a sound that I like, and then they respond or they don't respond. It's up to them. And then maybe it happens for a while and I want to change it up. So I change something and um, we enter a new zone uh, together. It's all about decisions, it's really calculated or uncalculated decisions. But it's, it's really to me, it's about uh, decision making and uh, uh, trying to reach kind of a flow together as well through that process. And, and, and how do you kind of know when to let go? You know what I mean? Like like you say, you get a motif or something, and, they, and then they, they rally around that. And then you feel like you've played it out or something, it's time to move on to another, you know, from the beach and the mountains to the bayou to the desert. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a good way for me to thinking about that is when somebody makes a big change, that means we're probably moving. Like somebody does something really, really different or does something really adventurous or does something really... Uh, like different or add something we haven't heard yet to the mix. That means we're kind of moving forward through time together. Um, and a lot of it has to do with listening and sound. All of, I mean, Ben brought up and Matt brought up a good point about just feel as well. I mean, it's, you can't really describe it. There's a sense of connection in the air that is um, almost spiritual. Uh, and uh, we played together a, quite a bit and we're connected in that way. And uh, that's how we move through the music together. Okay, I want to play uh, the last part of the new album.
yesterday Tomorrow doesn't seem quite so kind Wishing you were here right now with me By my side Your lips I almost taste I miss your pretty face So young, had so much fun wrestling in the park. But the hand of fate it slapped us down. Now I sing of the song in the dark. Those are dreams of yesterday. Tomorrow doesn't seem quite so kind. Wishing you were here right now with me by my side. Your lips are almost chased. I'm your pretty face.
Watch for Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. The final part of the debut IO album. Side 2, Part C. IO. Then Warwick from uh, Waku Waku Kingdom. Dreams of Yesterday for Johnny Mark and the Rex featured the late great Frankie Henri from Suburban Lawns. Only 63. A big stroke just killed him like that. Did we lose him again? Uh, hi, yeah. I mean, it goes way back. Before we were Minutemen, reactionaries played. They actually had a practice pad of the Carpenters in Long Beach. We did our first gigs with them. Hi, my after that with a quantum mechanic Mambo Bigfoot. This is uh, out of Cleveland. Uh, Alan uh, Ravenstein was in this band from the original Perubu, in fact. And then finally, Xenocratic AMM All Stars with. Scrape and scratch across the globe, and this is improvised stuff. But this is like trading files, so there's no way to like react in the moment. But you are reacting, and I, I've been in the last month. I've been brought in to experiment with these guys. They're in England, and uh, so okay. Can I ask you, all three of you this: Is the enemy of the improv uh, musical improviser repetition? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, actually. I, I, I think that in a, in a way that was rhetorical. I wasn't, you know. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, absolutely not. I mean, I, I, I think the more you do something, the more, uh, you hear the more the more the instrument or the sound reveals itself to you. So I really like repetition in that. I I like repetition a lot because the the more I play a certain sound or the more I like. Uh, strike my instruments. The more I hear, and and I expect and know that that can happen for audiences as well. So I'm a big fan of repetition uh, if it's done tastefully. And I, w I wanted to actually jump back to some a word that you used um, a few minutes ago, restraint. Uh, I think that a lot of improvisation is about you know blasting off and going for those insane highs and I've done a fair amount of that in my life and I enjoy it a lot uh, but I think that all three of us and a you know small but growing community of improvisers out there are interested in exploring this space that is not about trying to shoot for the moon but instead trying to you know do something that simmers and just sits right underneath the surface um, so I think that's kind of what this album has a lot of. Hey, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I agree with what Adam's saying, definitely. Well, with both of what they're saying. Um, you know, kind of under... I, I like understated music, you know, trying to, you know, search for the, the, you know, the deeper complexity within it. Like, you know, for instance, like if you listen to like a lawnmower for long enough and like really listen to it, you start hearing like the whole overtone series in there and the overtone series changing and different pitches being highlighted at different times, you know, and just like that with the bass, I mean, especially for me playing the upright bass, there's so much complexity in just playing like just playing your D string with the bow for 20 minutes. If you sat and listened to that, you would hear so many more complex things than just, you know, that D note. There are so many other things that make that sound as full as it is, you know. And, and, and my question about the repetition, it leads to the next one I got for you. What is the mm -hmm. second I.O. record going to be like? <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> Chairman Mao loves repetition. 
<laughs> Remember, that's a lyric in the fall song, right? Marky Smith, I think. No, no, no. Uh, I just think there's. Sorry, a, I, just I, I just think there's a million ways to do it, and I love the way you three guys have found your way, and, and haven't found. You're still on the path, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I am really interested to hear the next one. I, I really, well, me think, too. Man. Yeah, I think you really are into something. I, uh, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, dealing with the shitty internet thing here and. Uh, uh, just to, to share this experience and get to share this music. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks pleasure. for having us. Very great. Great. Thanks for having us. Okay. So next, next dial record, you guys come back on. We'll talk about it, okay? Sounds okay. great. Absolutely. Okay, people, it's been the November 20, 2020. Dish Wap Pedro. So keep your powder dry.